The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! This is the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show. Your war room for insider news and draft analysis from deep within the confines of Cowboys headquarters at the Star in Frisco. The Dallas Cowboys Michael Parsons! And now, your hosts, Brian Broaddus, Jeff Cavanaugh, Kyle Yeomans, and David Hellman. It is the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show presented by Miller Lite as we welcome you into the star in Frisco and the SWBC studios. No David Hellman today. No Jeff Cavanaugh as well. It is Brian Broaddus and myself, Kyle Yeomans, trying to hold it down here from the star in what is one of the more crazy weeks that I can remember covering this yeah, franchise. It is. A happy St. Patrick's Day happy everybody, Patrick's and to you as Day. well. Um yeah, and, and, and I'm on the other end of it, too, on 105.3 The Fan with our show, and it's been a roller coaster ride. And, I, you know, my experience of, of being a former scout and working in the league and having friends that still do this in the league, it, you know, the, the emotions that you feel at this time when you feel like you have something done, when it doesn't work out, the one you just missed on, you know, the one you got. I mean, it, it is a it's a very, very difficult time because you kind of – uh, you lay out your plan for how you want to build your team, you know, before the draft. And if you could supplement it with a couple of players that can keep you from having to focus so much on the draft, it sure takes a lot of pressure off you. And this team is, uh, you know, last year did a really nice job with free agency, though be it week two, week three free agency. But they had a good plan. They got some good, uh, they got some good play from the guys that they got. And you know, to miss out on signing one of their own. Uh, you know, is is a little bit of a kick in the gut, but they, you know, you don't put your head in the sand and you go try and figure out some things. And that's what we're going to do throughout the course of this show is look at alternative moves of action yeah. for this Cowboys team. Where do they go next? Is it possible to replace a guy like Randy Gregory? And we'll get into that here in a couple seconds. Is it possible to replace him in the NFL draft? But let's talk about that situation because when we were recording on Tuesday, mm-hmm. we were under the impression that Randy Gregory was going to have a star on the side of his we helmet. We were. Yes, we were. We thought that was done. It was already agreed to terms. You mm-hmm. felt like he was back. And then in the 30 minutes after the show had ended yep. on Tuesday was when the news came out that he had had a rocky ending, no pun intended, with with Dallas going to Denver, right? and he agrees to a five-year deal there. So what is your initial reaction to that, or what was your initial reaction? Yeah, to trying to be really fair, because the owner and general manager one day reminded me in a hallway, he goes, hey, you're kicking my ass, but you're fair <laughs> about it. And so I continue to kick his ass, but I try to be fair about it. And you know, the, my reaction was, there's two sides of the story. Now, if you believe what, uh, you know, this is a Denver-based agent, he has ties with the Broncos. I talked to my folks at the Broncos. They're super, super happy about having Randy Gregory. That That's number one in their mind. And so, you know, if you're an agent and you have a client that somebody really, really wants and you're that and based in that city, you can deliver players. You know, you can try. I think, the, I think that his group was looking for uh, – they agreed to the deal – then all of a sudden it's like, well, maybe I need to get my client here closer to where I can watch him a little bit, mm. you know. And and I I think that's where you start to find, uh, okay, well maybe this language isn't right, maybe that language isn't right. And so I've tried to get both sides of the story. The the agent says there's language that they didn't like. The Cowboys said there was language that we always use. So it's somebody is right here, you know. And and a lot of I know a lot of agents and player personal guys I've talked to around the league says this agent is kind of off it a little bit that he's not that's dealing with him is never a good thing and you know and and unfortunate for Randy I feel like that he wanted to be here in Dallas Uh, I think he was excited about the opportunity of you know he's got family and stuff here that he's really he's into and and now it's you know that situation where he's going to have to move to Colorado and then okay how much you're really going to get to see your family sure he's got millions of dollars now he can charter planes or get plane tickets or whatever he needs to do but this place was really his home Mm -hmm. and you know and, and I think the owner um, I think the owner did everything he could for him. I think Randy went through some terrible stuff with what the league did to him. So there was a there was a relationship there, and and the fact that he that it ended the way it did, 
I think both sides are to blame. Maybe the Cowboys negotiated a little with hard tactics, or you know, up until what we, you know, up till the signing period, and maybe the agents just said, "Listen, I'm a Bron- I'm a, uh, I'm a Denver-based agent. You know, getting a player that the Broncos like is a feather in my cap." So I think there's a couple of factors uh, really rolling on here. Man, and it, it it could be both sides to blame, and I think to a certain extent Absolutely. it is yeah. both sides yep. to blame because there's always two stories to, to – or somebody's, two sides to each Somebody's story. right here. Yeah. Somebody's right. And, no doubt. And, and, and the Cowboys will tell you that they never had a chance to remove the provision or even talk about that. Yeah. The agent will say that they put the provision in there on them and they didn't say anything about it. But if you look at some of the common contracts they've had or the contracts in the past, Randy Gregory's contract has that provision. So maybe they wanted it removed, but I don't feel like the Cowboys were ever given the opportunity to remove it. That's what they're saying. The agent's saying, no, no, no. The Cowboys had a chance. We never got to talk to them about it. So it, it is. It's, it's a very, very tough situation here. I think Randy and Randy Gregory is in the middle of it. Yep. And unfortunately, though, he, he moves on, and the Dallas Cowboys do have some – a lot of money that they earmarked for him that is you know available now to go try and fix some things. Very happy for Randy Gregory. Yep. Let's put that out there. Everybody here, I think, is happy for Randy Gregory to get the money he did, to get the contract and the opportunity that he right. has to, to finally make that NFL money unlike right. he did early in his career. But it is it puts the Cowboys in a tough situation. It and does. Here's where they have to respond, and at least to this point, They haven't really responded with anything. It looked like there were names out there. Von Miller, of course, was being thrown around. He signs a deal with the the Buffalo Bills. Then you've got Chandler Jones going to the Raiders. They had names to potentially replace Gregory, Uh, Zadarius Smith. Zadarius Smith, yeah. You had to figure out the back with Zadarius Smith. And I talked to people with the Packers, like, literally minutes before he signed back with the Ravens. He was like, I was saying, hey, how good is this back? And Because, you know, we were starting to hear reports that the Cowboys were involved. Well, the Cowboys really never got involved. I mean, this guy was going back to the Ravens. But the, everything at Green Bay, my guys tell me the back is fine. He's ready to play. So, yeah. I mean, I was thinking there were going to be questions about that. But, yeah, it, it went really, really fast. And the, and the problem is when you're thinking about the Cowboys – you're thinking, well, they're in, but they're really not in. You yeah. know, they're, they're, they, they talk the like – The due diligence yeah, is the word that's kind of yeah, being thrown they, around. They, they talk about being in on deals, and they're really not in on deals. Mm. And with that being said, now you have to look at maybe back-end edge rushers, the guys that aren't the top of the market, and because pretty much all those guys are off the board with the exception of maybe a Bobby Wagner there. I wouldn't even really classify no. him as a yeah. pure edge rusher, but mm-hmm. maybe the Bobby Wagner guy that you could add to the second level of the defense is still around. Yeah. However, edge rusher may be where we talk about early in the draft. It doesn't have to be a 24, but early on, is it possible, first off, just to get this out of the way, to replace the production of Randy Gregory early in this draft class? Because kind of doesn't look like it, at least if you're not outside or if you're outside of the top 10, 15 picks. Yeah, I think that, you know, depending on how this draft falls, and and you know, I think we've done a really good job so far of kind of identifying the top guys. I think whoever the Cowboys take. At 24, I think there's going to be a really good name there. It might be a player that has a little bit of a deficiency or is not the tallest or not the longest or not the, you know, doesn't have the longest arms, but, but is a really, really good player. I think you can eliminate Thibodeau, Hutchinson. I think you can eliminate Walker. Uh, Thibodeau, Oregon, Hutchinson, Michigan, Walker, Georgia. I think you are can, those are your top three yeah, on your board. I, I, that to me, I think you can eliminate just watching how this thing might fall. Now we're talking about uh, the Karloftis from Pence, uh, from Purdue, mm-hmm. Jermaine Johnson from Florida State, uh, a, a Jobo from Michigan. I would even uh, Mafe from uh, from Minnesota. Sure. I would even consider a guy that these are guys that I personally like. I you know I those would be the guys, and then you know you get into the others that they might you know they might like Drake Jackson more than me, or they you know they they might like these these guys. So I, I just kind of feel like though that at twenty four. You know, the guy that I would really, really like out of all that would be Karloftis from from Purdue. I think he could fill that role for you of 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 you know with, with Randy with the pressures. You know, I think he I think he plays the run well enough. Um, you know, there's just a lot of positive things about him. Jermaine Johnson. If you talk to the scouts around the league about Jermaine Johnson, they're kind of saying that the media scouts have him higher than a lot of teams are going to have. Sure. 
So we'll see how that plays out. The thing with Ajobo at Michigan, and I don't know how you feel about this, mm-hmm. I think he's the one that has the biggest upside. I think the rawness of him, though, is a little bit scary to me. No, I'm right there with you. I, I have him as the bendy, athletic, yeah. other quote-unquote yeah. edge rusher from right. Michigan because right. Aiden Hutchinson right. ate up a lot of those double teams and, and it left Ajabo open. We talked about this with Dane Brugler at the Combine, too, yeah. but... You're right. He's very raw. There's yeah. a lot you could add to his game, but the traits are all there for Ajabo. I think yeah. ultimately he could be that next level edge rusher, but right. it wouldn't be immediately. That's the only thing. Yeah, I, you know, I mean, you're going to want somebody that you can plug and play, and yeah. and the determination is with this draft. And it, if, like I say, if you get a shot at drafting Walker from from Georgia, I mean, just hand that card in. Let's go. Kind of <laughs> I'm right there with you. But that's you know, but that's that's kind of where it is on the defensive end. I know that some people, and this is just on something that I'm hearing you know because of Daniel Hunter. Being at Minnesota, mm-hmm. you know they have a roster bonus that they have to come up with a guaranteed part of his contract. I don't know exactly the number on it. I need to know that before my show today. But there's people I asked around the league. I said, "What do you give up for Daniel Hunter, who is an established pass rusher?" And he, as you talk about, if he was available, you would talk about him in that group with the Von Millers and mm-hmm. Chandler Jones and guys like that. And everybody seems to think. I, I talked to three teams this morning that. Third round compensation would be what you would consider doing, and I'm like going, oh, okay, so it's not a one or a two; it's a, it's actually could be a three, and so you know you've got all these multiple fives, you've got a third, you know, if you really wanted to go do this and you wanted to fix this pass rush situation, you go trade for him and then figure out a way to redo the contract. Yeah, make a move. Would, yeah, make a move that way. So there's options for them there. Uh, if they want to go big time and swing for the fences, you know, give up a three. You could take all those fives, move those fives back up into the third round if you wanted. If you were worried about losing your three, mm-hmm. but man, you get an established player. It would take a lot of pressure off them, having to hope that if Karloftis is there or jo- uh, Johnson's there, or one of those guys there. That kind of it kind of could focus them on some of these other positions, whether it's the linebacker, the receiver, or one of those interior uh, offensive linemen. Eighteen million dollars is the bonus, the roster bonus yeah, that vests on Sunday for Minnesota. Which yeah. Yeah. that's a lot of money to try and move around for a team that claims that they don't have a ton of money to work with. Yeah. But see, that's the problem, though. I think with the Cowboys, I mean, you have to kind of figure out, okay, what were you willing to give Randy? Were you ever willing to do that with Vaughn Miller? It doesn't appear so. Nope. Chandler Jones. I mean, you know, to me, you go get you go get a Daniil Hunter, and and people are going to be critical of me again because he's LSU. I know. I'm just saying. Just watch him play at Minnesota. Look at the sack numbers at Minnesota. Look at the pressures. Yeah, he was nicked up last year, but you know, you could go get a guy like that if you if you're telling me I could sacrifice a third, I'll figure out the money. Because there's there's nobody on that board. I you know I I remember I remember being in Philadelphia and working the 1998 draft with Mike Lombardi and we had a second round pick and Hugh Douglas was at the Jets and and Hugh was a really a good player coming out of college. Jets draft him in the first round. Parcells wants to get rid of him. Mike Lombardi makes a deal. He comes to me. He goes, Hey man, I could get Hugh Douglas for a second round pick. And I'm looking at my board. And I go, Mike, there's nobody on that board in the second round that's better than Hugh Douglas. You know, tell me, tell me on your board who's better at the third round than Daniil Hunter if that yeah. you could pull that deal. You know, and the, and you get that pat that pass rusher. So, I'm all for a deal like that. I don't know necessarily if the Cowboys would do something, but I think that our show today is talking about options. That's an option I would surely consider. I agree completely. And you're looking at third round names like a maybe a Cameron Thomas, San yeah, Diego yeah, State, yeah. Arnold Evacati from yeah, Penn State. Exactly. You're not you're not going to get a Daniel yeah, Hunter in the yeah. third round at least Sanders, right now. That's uh, going to come in and Benito, plug and play. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, there's all these guys to me that, that you know if you're gonna if you're gonna try and grab a third round defensive end, I think you might be in a little bit of a trouble there. So based off of what you're saying, four. Edge rushers that could plug and play. I think day so. One. I think so. I mean, to me, I and I know people have them in different order. I really do like Thibodeau. I like Hutchinson a lot. I mean, Walker has elevated himself, and not just because yep. of the workout. You can watch him play end. You can watch him play in defensive tackle. You know, as far as when they go nickel stuff. I mean, that's a long, bendy guy, as you like to say. And you know, with Karloftis, I mean, that guy's got some really some quality traits too. 
Johnson, like I say, people will have Johnson in there as well. I, mm-hmm. I just kind of feel like that now those four guys I mentioned and then the second round from there. I'm right there with you. Four yeah. first-round grades, yeah. Karloftis being the fourth of those. Yep. Now, how much do you play in whenever you're looking at these prospects and you're thinking for the Cowboys specifically? I know we're not just a Cowboys show. We right. like to talk about the prospects, too. Right. So we can kind of relay this outside of that. How much do you play in the factor of fit with three, four, four, three? I don't. Yeah, yeah it does. It's yeah, not as much as it used to be. Not right? at all. No, because what happened, what 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 was just proven this past year with Dan Quinn is the fact that he used a linebacker as one of his best pass rushers. <laughs> so I mean that 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 I think that to me it's about adaptability. It's about that you know with I mean we we all would Michael Parsons was a nice pick, but Micah Parsons became a rare pick when he became a pass rusher. And I don't think there were many draft shows where we came on and we're talking about Micah Parsons as being this rare pass rusher. No. So it, it's about adaptability. It's almost some at times out of necessity and maybe desperation that you try things and you're like, my God, that thing just worked out. Week two against L.A. Yeah. That was desperation. Was you didn't desperation. have Randy. You didn't have Demarcus Lawrence. Didn't have anything. You had to have Here's some, Micah. Yeah, exactly. And once, he, once we all figured out that he could rush the passer – then he becomes you know, the defensive player of the year kind of yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah. ultimately. And, and by the way, the Cowboys, according to Todd Archer, 17 minutes ago saying they were closing in on a deal to retain defensive end Dorrance Armstrong. Yeah, and you knew that was going to happen. That, yeah, as soon Dor- as Randy was out the door, yeah, you knew Dorrance that was the next Armstrong step. is going to happen. Maybe you get Brett Urban back. Maybe, you know, they'll have a flurry of these signings now that are kind of, you know, and, and will they go after a guy like Hunter? And, and No, we, but we have to talk about it. Sure. You know, you have to say, okay. And then when he ends up somewhere else, then we're all going to look at each other like, okay, well, why not? And, uh, you know, that's – but I, I, we knew this. You're going to get all the flurry of those signings. Hopefully you'll – you know, hopefully they'll get curse done. You know, and then, like I say, you'll have two or three other ones that uh, should fall into place. Yeah, it's how did they use the money? How do they respond after – Randy yeah. put them in a tough spot. Ultimately, yeah. The, yeah. the Randy Gregory signing, going into that, you felt like this offseason was heading in the right direction. I was – I went on Twitter and gave the front office credit for – how they handled tank steel and yep. then how they got Randy done. And then everybody's on me now about, well, that aged well. And that's, <laughs> but that's the, you know, I was the nature of the, of the league. Yeah. It's the nature of the league. You know, you don't feel like you're going to sign a guy, then lose a guy. No, that, that, that wasn't going to be the case. No. And up until the, the Randy debacle happened, really the only knock in the off season was the Amari Cooper and yeah. the trade there. And we talked about that a lot on Tuesday oh, they, and they'd had enough. They'd moved on from Amari on. And, and, you know, and that's fine. They got the compensation they wanted. They got the contract off the books. And so they, They've got themselves the space. And now, you know, now go figure out what's going on at wide receiver. You know, make sure that Michael Gallup gets as completely as healthy as you can. Mm -hmm. Britt Brown and these guys do a hell of a job rehabbing those ACL injuries. I have a feeling this kid will be as good as new before the season starts. Man, we were talking about interior offensive line, offensive tackle, interior defensive line, and now it's edge rusher and wide receiver. That's kind of where we're going at the moment. When we come back, We'll answer your questions. Twitter on the 20. Brian and I will return in just a moment. At Smoothie King, we are blending goodness to fuel your greatness. Every blend is crafted to help you achieve your health and fitness goals. Smoothie King uses only whole fruits and organic veggies. You'll never find sugary syrups or artificial flavors, colors, or preservatives. And unlike some other smoothie places, there are zero grams of added sugar in many of our blends. Smoothie King is proud to be the official smoothie of the Dallas Cowboys. Place your order in the app or online for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King, rule the day. What do you call a group of grown men and women with their faces painted silver and blue who get together every week to share a three-hour-long ritual of jumping, sinking, and toasting Miller Lite and 10-gallon hats while yelling, how about them cowboys? You call it Miller Time in Dallas. Here's to the cowboys. Here's to the original light beer. It's Miller Time. Celebrate responsibly. 2021 Miller Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas. Football season is almost over, and that means tax season is here. With it comes taxiety. Filing taxes can be stressful if you choose the wrong partner. Don't let taxiety take over this tax season. Liberty Tax will help you get your largest possible refund or your money back. With more than 12,000 tax professionals nationwide, help is always around the corner. Check out Liberty Tax, proud partner of the Dallas Cowboys. Schedule an appointment today at libertytax.com slash cowboys. Liberty Tax, a brighter way to do taxes. Hey, Cowboys. 
Cowboys fans. If you're thinking about attending a game this season, visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. Stay at the team hotel, have dinner with a Cowboys legend, and experience AT&T Stadium's exclusive VIP Owners Club. Also, tour the star, get autographs from your favorite players, and talk X's and O's with me, Mickey Spagnola. The official travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys will take care of all your travel needs. Visit CowboysTravel.com. This is the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show. It's the second segment of the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show, and you know what that means. Is it there? Twitter, Twitter, Twitter on the Twitter. Yeah, Got Sorry, it. I thought you were going to read. Oh, no, I didn't pull the read up in time. My bad. Uh... Yeah, welcome back in. Brian Broaddus, Kyle Yeomans, Twitter on the 20 time where we answer your questions off of Twitter. Let's stay away from Edge Rusher for a split second. Got we it. may go back to it here in a little bit, but yeah. I know we, we talked about it a lot in the first segment. Let's go back to interior offensive line. If the mm-hmm. Cowboys do indeed get lucky enough to pick Tyler Linderbaum out of Iowa at yeah. pick number 24, who could they target in the later rounds, two through seven at guard? Because double dipping on that offensive line to get two new starters in the draft. So basically, you're talking about starter caliber yeah. players at guard from rounds two through seven. I really do like when I mean, you start to talk about guys like Mumford from Ohio State. I think Ryan from UCLA. These are guys that played offensive tackle during the year. Chris Paul was another one. I'm not the basketball player that you see on the uh, the commercials, but Chris Paul the from Memphis, I think, would be a guy that that I would surely consider right there at the guard spot. So, yeah, I mean, you know, the, the Cowboys could very well fall in love with you know, Green from Texas A&M mm-hmm. at that at that spot. You know, I mean, it seems like to me he's slipping. Uh, Zion Johnson is a guy that's getting a lot of momentum. I could see the Cowboys totally being invested in a guy like Zion Johnson. Boston College has a great history. I know those are early guys. Kennard, Kentucky, yep. kind of earlier second-round potential guys. So, But like I say I would keep an eye on, on Mumford from Ohio State, Ryan from UCLA, Chris Paul from, from uh from uh, Tulsa. Tulsa. Did I yeah. say Memphis? Yeah, I, I, I you said, did. But that's okay. okay. I said, yeah, Tulsa is what I meant. I'm sorry. Chris Ball, I like him a lot. He was a combine invite, senior bowl guy. Yeah. Really kind of stood out uh, from time to time. Wasn't the best player on the field by any means nope. in terms of the offensive line and the guard position, but he was always a guy who you kind of kept an eye on. Yeah. Do you think Ed Ingram could potentially fall if if – Kenyon Green is falling like he is. Do yeah. you think Ed Ingram out of LSU could be there at 56? You know what? I, I really do like Ingram. He is my favorite guard. I just The reason I don't bring him up as much is because, again, well, he's not – I have Green above him, and then I have Ingram, and Ingram. then I have Johnson. Got it. Just the, just the preference that I have there. But, yeah, I, I think with Ingram, I, I think there's some, there's some people – I mean, there's some questions about, like – like how well he really moves. I mean, people were talking about that early. Mm-hmm. And I was watching the tape. I watch a ton of LSU games. I mean, I watch every one of them. And I was watching the tape, and I was watching Alabama, and I was watching Texas A&M. And I saw a second-level blocker and all that. I, I mean, I didn't see a guy that struggled. I saw a guy that played with a lot of power, though. That's the thing about it that I was really, you know, I was kind of thinking about the you know with the Cowboys situation there, you know, playing inside. One of the things that Jerry Jones is really, really, really big on is the fact that he wants though he doesn't want the front of the pocket to collapse. Nobody does. Quarterbacks can't deal when they could deal with the edge. They can't deal with the with the, what happens in front. And that's why you've seen Jerry Jones kind of invest in like with Travis Frederick and Zach Martin and you know high picks on interior you know offensive linemen. Heck, mm-hmm. you know Connor McGovern had a, a grade of one two one. Which is a if you know low numbers the best, and that that's the top of the second round. Wow, is where his grade was. But I mean, the thing about Ingram, like I mean, he's able to open some big holes, and I mean, there's like you could see it behind him. They're running the football, the knee bend, the body control. He gets his hands inside. I mean, I just see a powerful guy like forklifting his guy up, you know. So I just you know I, I just kind of. Thought he was a, a guy that I'd really, really like. 6'3", 307. You know, it's just kind of got that build to play inside. And, you know, again, Zion Johnson's a little bit same height, 
about five pounds heavier if you want to if you want to tailor the tape. No, that's great. And I'm looking at Ed Ingram above Zion Johnson. They're touching tags right yeah, now. Yeah. And no, I thought about making that switch too because no, no. you and I, I feel like, are the only two on this show that aren't as high on Zion I as just, maybe a Kavanaugh. Yeah, and you know what? And uh, you know, if he's selected by the Cowboys, please don't take me wrong. It might be just a bad day of watching tape, <laughs> you know. But I, I just kind of feel like though, there's. Green, Ingram, Johnson, they're all right there in a cluster. Yep. And if you know, I'll be the first to admit, you know, when we get to the process, if the Cowboys take Zion Johnson and he steps in there and he gives you stability at that left guard spot, I'll be the first one to admit because I, I do. There's some issues I have. I, I think all these guys have got issues. And like I say, at 24, you're going to have something that's going to be wrong with you. You're going to have good things. Mm-hmm. You're going to have like a list of – you take the legal pad, you're going to have your good your good list on one side, and then you're going to have two or three things on that other side that you're going, okay, can I live with this? Sure. Can I live with this? And I, I think all three of these guys, Johnson, Ingram, Green, have those kinds of abilities. It's that same kind of thing you talk about, damaged goods, yeah, whenever you get to that latter yeah, part. Yeah. Still a really, really good football player. No question. No question. There's times where I've gotten into about the Bosa's and people like that. and you know, Guys, I still have them like highly ranked. I'm just <laughs> letting you know there's things that you kind of look at that you say, okay, this could keep him from being. There's a reason why he's at 24 and not at. You know, not at eight at, or yeah, ten. You top know, ten, yeah, pick, exactly. no doubt. Uh, Eric asks if you're trading in between twenty four and fifty six. You're trying to get right back up into yeah. that top fifty realm. What would that take, and what would your strategy change? Like, how would it change if you had three picks in the top fifty six? Yeah, I, I think my strategy. What it what it would take is I was trying to use. I always like to use players, and mm. I was trying to think about Jacksonville. And I was thinking about Jets, and I was thinking about Jacksonville with uh, with really with the offensive lineman, you know, with Lyle Collins, mm-hmm. using him as a to way to go from that you know the middle of the second round all the way up. I was thinking about the Jets when it came to uh, with the Mari Cooper, you know, trade. How do you get up into those spots? So, yeah, I mean, you've got you've got ammunition. You know, you think like, well, they're only fifth round picks. Put them all together. You know, somebody somebody will say. Well, heck yeah! I'll take your three and your two fives, and we'll go. You know, yeah. I mean, so there's ways of doing it. I think people really, you try and get people to let them keep their picks. If you're interested in flopping picks, is another thing that's really, I think, a really good weapon to use. Uh, that that some teams like we saw in the the Commanders and Colts trade mm-hmm. was a flopping of, of of where you're going to pick. So yeah, I, I was targeting. Like I say, I was now trying to think about Lyle Collins. But, you know, Jacksonville has done a whole lot with their offensive line now and stuff like that since yeah. we last talked. So they've spent might, a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, they've spent a lot of money. And, and so, but if you, can, if you can take all those fives you got and, and put a couple of them with the three, you could go up as, you know, you could go up into that area I was talking about, the 33 to 40, if you really, but it's going to cost you probably, you know, two or three picks to do it. And then possibly a player. Do you think Lyle could be kind of collateral I, in that as I well? I was, you know, I was hopeful, but if, if I'm hearing that Daniil Hunter, who is a really good player, mm-hmm. is going for potentially a third round pick, then, then, you know, what's Lyle Collins going to go for? Is he going to go for a four or five? I was hopeful a three. Was be would be where he's at, but people are kind of in that mode right now. There's questions. I know for a fact that the New England Patriots have talked about you know Lyle Collins, and you know they moved on from Shaq Mason, I believe, and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So don't be surprised. Like you know, don't be surprised if the the fifth round pick that the the the, the the Patriots got, you know, in the Mason deal, ends up in Dallas for Lyle Collins or yeah. something like that. Yeah. Hmm. I can see that happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aaron says, "Who does your top or who is your top graded kicker? Have you watched any kickers yet?" No, I mean, okay. I, I think yeah. The thing about it is that you know, I, I know from a fact, you know, the, the kid at LSU. I've seen him with my own eyes. Mm-hmm. It has been outstanding. Cade think, York, Cade York. I think Oklahoma. I think there's Texas has the Cameron okay. Dicker. Yeah, I mean, there's you know, the, to me, when you got again, there's all those fives. You know, do you turn around and draft a kicker? Do you turn around and draft a punter? Have you have you looked at Ariza from San Diego State? I have yet? seen him play. Yeah, he's and, pretty and, phenomenal. And he is absolutely, and probably going to have to go higher than you know these kickers and putters. People are realizing that the kicking game is such an important part. Look at the Cincinnati Bengals; they lived on their kicking game the last part of the season, you know, and was yep. able to make that work. So, 
I, I don't think you could discount, you know, I think the thing with Johnny Hecker being available now, the Rams moving on from him, or I, I think they moved on potentially. I know I was hearing some stories that they might. Uh, but, yeah, and does Bones Fossil step in there? And I'm sure Bones will be at these workouts. I'm sure he's going to go to Texas. I'm sure mm-hmm. he's going to go to LSU. You know, I'm sure he's going to go all, all over the country, maybe go out to San Diego State to see if that kid is really as a, as a weapon as he is. Could be something interesting to look out for because if you maybe take – those fives, if you keep, if you hold on to those yeah, fives, yeah. I'm I'm with you. I would rather punch them up. Yeah, let's go up and get somebody. Yeah, maybe try and get in the top 100 again. Yeah. that's tough task. You may have to give up all four for that. Uh, but if you keep the fives, draft your punter, draft your kicker. That's what I'm saying. They're cheap. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. you know that you you make sure that you're keeping somebody else. These punters and kickers, though, we might see again, and we've seen it in history. You know, I mean, not not to like it was in the 1970s when guys like Steve Little and Russell Erksleben and those guys were getting picked in the first round. Uh, I think John Lee was another one that was a really high pick. I mean, we, we used to see first and second round kickers all. Sebastian Janikowski was yeah. a first round. So, yeah, I, I kind of feel like, though, that you'll see people probably take these punters and kickers earlier than maybe the Cowboys might be willing to. No, I agree with you, yeah. especially Ariza, because he, yeah. we were talking with Dane at the Combine. You look at him almost as a defensive player. Absolutely. Because of the way he can flip the field yeah. and kind of push an offense back and put their backs against the wall. Stewart asks, since we lost Randy Gregory, since mm-hmm. the Cowboys lost Randy Gregory in free agency, does edge rusher all of a sudden take priority over wide receiver, linebacker, offensive guard? How does it shift your needs immediately? I'd say this on 105.3 every day. If, I, if it's not helping Dak, I'm really not interested. Mm. That's my attitude now. I'm I'm on the help Dak train. Okay. And, and so to me, if you know Dan Quinn has proven to me – that he could take defensive players. He didn't have his best defensive players. Are they going to get all the turnovers they got last year? Maybe not. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think Dan Quinn will do things to put his players in positions to make plays. So, yeah, I mean, to me, I, I don't sit there and just say, okay, I got to have a defensive end now. I, I don't. And I'm not saying Dorrance Armstrong, and, and, hey, Dorrance Armstrong, let me tell you. I got tired of seeing Dorrance Armstrong have one great game and then have three bad ones where he was not a factor. Yeah, Last year was Dorrance Armstrong's best year as mm-hmm. far as his consistency goes. I think he had one less sack than Randy Gregory in that thing, and Dorrance Armstrong played really, really well. So let's see. I mean, let's see what you got with Golston. You know, I mean, that's another one that I kind of saw some of the similar traits of what uh, with Tank playing the run, don't let him outside. You know, is he the pass rush guy? It took Tank a little time to develop some pass rush moves mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So maybe you'll see something with Golston. But I don't think you necessarily have to say, okay, we're we're just gonna we're just gonna draft a defensive end. I, I'm no help Dak Prescott, receiver, guard, center, whatever that is to help Dak Prescott. Make sure you get that done. Where do you put that? Those three. The, those three positions right I think now. I would go offensive line first. They okay. seem to have a pretty good feel for this uh, when they plug and play first round offensive line yeah. and it worked out really <laughs> well for them. Been pretty good, huh? Yeah, yeah it <laughs> has. Zach Martin, yeah. Travis Frederick, that's works, right? No, it's, Tyron it's, Smith. It's been a really good plug and play. has been very, very good for them. And you know, I'm hopeful that that if it's if it's Green or Johnson or Ingram or any of those guys, I'm hoping it's plug and play and let's go. Yeah. Or if it's uh, Linda Baum, the center from Iowa, let's go. You know, but it this team has to find a way. They have to get back to running the football. That helps Dak Prescott. We saw what it did the first eight weeks of the season, and then the inability not to run the football, and then teams started playing. And teams were daring you to run the football, and you couldn't run the football. Something has to change there. Yeah. Speaking of running the football, Michael asked about any day three running backs you could potentially look at that the Cowboys could be interested yeah, in. Yeah, you know, uh, the, the, and I, I haven't, uh, the, it's interesting because I haven't done a whole heck of a lot of I haven't either. <laughs> but I'll, I'll tell you what is, it, is I'm going to probably say this poor kid's name wrong. Is it Kieran Williams from uh, Kyron? Kyron Williams from Notre Dame. From, from Notre Dame. Yep. Yeah. And, and, you know, and, and this is, this is, Kyron Williams is is interesting because to me he's a little bit of a shorter guy, five nine, one hundred ninety four pounds. They have him listed at five nine. I haven't updated that sheet. Yeah, mine no, said five eleven. No, no, he's five nine Ooh, from the combine, one hundred ninety four pounds. And but man, this guy, you talk about a short, compact build. He's got the body control, the balance. He could stay on his feet. He's a hard guy to knock down and. I think his lack of height actually helps him get helps him get through tiny cracks and gaps and stuff. And you know, when you feel like he's like he's trapped and now he's out. And so I kind of hmm. I kind of have him as this guy as like that 
you know, Kavanaugh and them like to talk about the three, four cheater grade. I have them as straight four on this. But man, there's some running backs in this draft that you know I'm, I'm sure that I'm going to get through a lot of them. But the the top guys, I don't have a first round running back, mm-hmm. but I have a bunch. I have t- a, a, a several of them that are twos. You know, yeah. Hall from Iowa State, Spiller from Texas A&M, Walker from Michigan State. Those are all like second round running backs to me. I haven't put a third round running back in there yet, but those are the guys that I've kind of seen right now. I've watched. Five running backs, and I've kind of like where I feel comfortable yeah. with it. And I've watched ten total just for the draft magazine yeah. writing these bu- these bios. And out of the five that I've watched, Spiller, Walker, Hall are my second round guys. Mm-hmm. And then after that, I've got Williams because I like his scat back sure. ability. He sure. can catch, catch out of the backfield the ball, too. Yeah, uh, James Cook from Georgia. I've heard good things about him. Very good ball player. And then you've got a, a pretty big drop off from Cook. Those five guys I feel really comfortable about. Then you've got Brian Robinson Jr. from Alabama, Devontae Price from FIU, who we saw at the Senior Bowl, longer, taller back. Uh, and then Abram Smith from Baylor, who's just kind of a bowling ball bounder. Well, it, it's a, is there uh, the the kid like you mentioned, Cook mm-hmm. Robinson White. Uh, what about your guy uh, Abram Smith? Did you mention him at all? Yeah, I did. And and the reason why I like Baylor. him is because he's compact. He's low tread on the tires at yeah. the moment. He was only a, a full time running back his senior year. He was full time, but he didn't play a whole lot as sure. a freshman and a sophomore. Moved him to linebacker. Mm-hmm. Was nearly a all Big Twelve linebacker his junior year. Wow. And then flipped him back around. He had sixteen hundred yeah. yards and a ton of touchdowns, 13 yeah. touchdowns uh, as a as a senior. Yeah. Low tread on the tires. He's a physical back. Didn't perform as well as I thought he would in Indianapolis right. and also in Mobile. I thought okay. both of them were kind of disappointing. Well, then that might be something why some people have talked about him as like a fourth, fifth round kind of yeah. a guy. So. I, I wouldn't take him any higher than oh, that. Gotcha. Just because of the question marks there. And I, I think he's a good tailback, but yeah. he's not one of those guys that's going to come in and be a starter initially in the draft. Uh, what about Sam Williams from Ole Miss, edge rusher? Have you looked at him at all? No, and then, okay. and, you know, and a bunch of people have been have been tweeting at me about him, mm-hmm. and yeah, so I'm I'm very very interested uh, about to see where he's at on this board. It's amazing that I haven't got to him, and defensive end might be the position that I've seen the most of, which is really funny. Yeah. Seven. 12, another 16. I've seen 16 guys, and I haven't got to him yet. So, I mean, I think this is something. I was going off Dane Brugler's. Dane sent me a list of guys, and maybe initially he was not one of those guys. That, But, yeah, I know that I have to look at him. You said sure. you've watched 16 guys, yeah. 17 guys? Yeah. I have him as 17 on my board, yeah. and I yeah. haven't watched him yet either. Yeah, Cowboys met with him in Indy, okay. so I know that. Good. I, that's one thing on him. And then he was a late addition to the Senior Bowl roster. There you go. So we'll, we'll answer that question at some point. That's our homework assignment for uh, yeah. Sam I mean, Williams. it's 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 funny because there's a lot of these guys you're trying to kind of catch back up that maybe somebody like I said I've really who did you miss yeah who yeah. did I miss but, you know and I look at and you know I'm looking at Dane Brugler's list they sent me and and I'm counting every one of these guys that and so but there's names like uh, Dominique Robinson from Miami Ohio that has, then Sam Williams from Ole Miss yep. John Pascal from Kentucky. I mean, Dominic Robinson from Miami, Ohio is like a two three on Dane's board. Sam Williams is a three. You know, I mean, these are guys that evidently, but because I've looked at pretty the Sanders from Cincinnati, uh, Bonito from uh, Oklahoma. Uh, Barno from Virginia Tech. I mean, these are guys that all Sam Williams is on Dane's board now is better. But mm-hmm. I mean that that's that's been the change uh, from what we've seen. Now going back to what you were talking about a little bit ago about helping Dak Prescott and the way that you kind of organize yeah. your needs. Brandon asked, and I'm going to give you five names. Okay, these all of these guys are available at pick 24. Okay, who are you taking? Traylon Burks, wide receiver out of Arkansas. George George Karloftis, edge rusher from Purdue. Nicobe Dean, linebacker from Georgia. Kenyon Green, offensive guard from Texas A&M. And Jamison Williams, wide receiver from Alabama. Well, Jamison Williams is my number one wide receiver. Ooh. So, and then, so then I think you would have to start. As I look, as, as you just named, and I'll just tell you how my first-round grades are. Okay. And, and maybe that will help. Uh, I've got Jamison Williams as my number one wide receiver. Okay. I have Burks as my number three wide receiver. You said who's two? Just curious. Uh, Wilson. Okay. Okay. And then you said the next one. You said Green. Green. 
I have Green in the second round. Okay, mm. now when the Cowboys pick at 24, they're going to pick a second round grade likely unless somebody I've got 20 somebody falls. Yeah, somebody falls. I've got 20 first round grades. So if they're picking somebody at 24, they're likely picking a second round grade on your board. Let's hope somebody falls. Yeah, let's hope somebody falls. But yeah, I the the, the first round Dean was my first linebacker. Karloftis is my fourth edge rusher. The guy that probably would help you the most is probably for those for uh, now, depending on what green, again, I, I mean, I'm just looking at my grades. Jamison Williams would probably help you the most at wide receiver. Burks would probably help you the most at wide receiver. And now you're getting into Karloftis helping you on defense. I think I would take Karloftis over Dean on defense there. Okay. So is there anybody else I'm missing? Then Green would probably be the fifth guy. But Green Green could very well step in and be plug and play. So you're still wide receivers one, two there. Burks, or excuse me, Williams first, then Burks. Yeah, if you're just going for best, if you're just going off my board, sure. if you're saying, okay, rank them how they're on your board. Mm. Now the Cowboys could say, okay, Green one. Uh, they could say Karloftis two. Dean three. You know, they could, they could totally, you know, they could totally – switch this thing up and and the wide receivers could be not the priority here but if you if i was drafting off my board and stack in my stack yeah my one to 190 jameson williams and burks would be over would be over green and dean and is what you mentioned here. yeah i'm i'm with you there i think williams and burks would be over those two guys pretty easily Karloftis is where i i kind of have pause I, see I really like George. Or excuse are you, me. You, yeah, you George like Karloftis. you like him. You like him as a guy, or you don't like him. I like him a okay, lot. See, yeah. that's what I'm saying. That's to me. People, it, he's going to be the one guy. If you said, okay, grab, you know, grab the the best player of need. Yeah, you know, that's you just co- combine the two. And that's all. Those guys are needs. Yeah, yeah. I'd say Williams, Burks, Karloftis. All these guys are needs. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a really good question. Williams and Burks are my top two wide receivers. Williams I have as a firm first round. Yeah. Burks is a firm first round, but yeah. just a little bit below Williams. And then I've got Garrett Wilson right there yeah. in a bunch. And then it's Drake London, Olave, Mechie. Those are my See, next I, three. Yeah, I've got four. Williams, Wilson, Burks, Olave are my four wide receivers. Sure. And uh, so I'm right there with you. And then I turn around to edge rushers, yeah. and those – Top four edge rushers I can't get away from. Thibodeau, no. yep. Hutchinson, Trayvon Walker from Georgia, and then Karloftis. Yep, I've seen the same one. If those four guys are there, yep. I'm I'm all over it at yep. 24. But, hey, that's a fun one, Brandon. Good question. Good question. When we come back, we're going to talk about some day three prospects we haven't necessarily gotten to yet. We're going to try and throw out a bunch of names that you haven't heard previously when we come back here on The Draft Show. Football season is almost over, and that means tax season is here. With it comes Taxiety. Filing taxes can be stressful if you choose the wrong partner. Don't let Taxiety take over this tax season. Liberty Tax will help you get your largest possible refund or your money back. With more than 12,000 tax professionals nationwide, help is always around the corner. Check out Liberty Tax, proud partner of the Dallas Cowboys. Schedule an appointment today at libertytax.com slash cowboys. Liberty Tax, a brighter way to do taxes. Hey, Cowboys. Cowboys fans, if you're thinking about attending a game this season, visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. Stay at the team hotel, have dinner with a Cowboys legend, and experience AT&T Stadium's exclusive VIP Owners Club. Also, tour the star, get autographs from your favorite players, and talk X's and O's with me, Mickey Spagnola. The official travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys will take care of all your travel needs. Visit CowboysTravel.com. What do you call a group of grown men and women with their faces painted silver and blue who get together every week to share a three-hour-long ritual of jumping, sinking, and toasting Miller Lite and 10-gallon hats while yelling, how about them cowboys? You call it Miller Time in Dallas. Here's to the cowboys. Here's to the original light beer. It's Miller Time. Celebrate responsibly. 2021 Miller Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas. This is Chad Hennings, former cowboy and proud veteran of the United States Air Force. When my fellow military veterans choose VA, they receive life-changing benefits from the Department of Veterans Affairs. If you are a veteran, you may be eligible for health care, education, and training benefits, a home loan guarantee, housing assistance, and more. Choose VA for the benefits you've earned. Visit choose.va.gov to learn more. That's choose.va.gov. 
This is the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show. It's tax season. Liberty Tax's proud partner of the Dallas Cowboys. Schedule an appointment today at LibertyTax.com slash Cowboys. Also, Brian, your favorite WWE superstars are returning to AT&T Stadium for WrestleMania Saturday, April 2nd and Sunday, April 3rd. Get your tickets to the most stupendous two-night WrestleMania in history. Visit SeatGeek.com, the official ticketing provider of AT&T Stadium. You know, I used to watch wrestling in Dallas in the 70s when I was growing up, and then in the some of the 80s, and then I lost track. And I, uh, the thing they were telling me about this, the WrestleMania stuff, mm-hmm. everybody that's gone to WrestleMania says it's an absolute blast. Oh, I'm sure. Whether you like wrestling or not, it, yeah. you have to see it to believe it. And, you know, it's all about the showmanship, you know, and they and they do a great job with that stuff. So I, I'm sure that it'll be, I'm not going to go this year probably. Yeah. And everybody will once again like, <laughs> way to go, Broadus. You had a chance to go and you didn't go. And I'm like, well, you know, I'm just, I don't get into the wrestling like I once did. I'm out of town that weekend and mm. I'm actually sad that I'm missing it. I'm not even a yeah. wrestling guy, yeah. which. Oh, no, they say it's a spectacle. It takes me a little bit to, to admit that because yeah. I come from North Texas. Sure. North Texas has a oh, rich sure. history of Von wrestlers. And stuff, yeah. Von Erichs, yeah. Steve Austin, they yeah. have so many of those sure. wrestling names. So coming from North Texas, of course, I just didn't uh, – I never got into it. Yeah. Bill, Bill Mercer was Bill Mercer, a huge wrestling yeah, yeah, Sportatorium. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I, I, I might have to go at some point, but I'm not in town yeah. for that one, which is not <laughs> not ideal. Final segment here of the Draft Show presented by Miller Lite. He's Brian Broaddus. I'm Kyle Yeomans. Glad you're with us. We'll be back with Hellman and Kavanaugh on Tuesday. But I thought, Brian, over the next 13 minutes or so – we could get into some day three guys. And mm-hmm. honestly, in the second segment, I think we started kind of getting into the weeds there a little bit of day three guys, names that we haven't necessarily touched on. Because I feel like we've hit pretty much every first round name you could yeah. possibly get to to a certain extent over the course of this show. Uh-huh. And then second round, we've kind of tipped our toe. What about day three, maybe even late third round guys that you've you've watched, but you haven't necessarily had a chance to talk about yet? You know, I think to me that uh, I brought up the I brought up the corner Emerson Martin Emerson from Mississippi State. Okay. You know, I I really do like him. I I don't know if you've seen Brian Cook, the safety from Cincinnati. Have you looked at him at all? No, I have not. Okay, and you know, I, I think to me that you know when you if the Cowboys, depending on what they do at safety, if they don't, you know, we, we might all get surprised and. Dax Hill is the you know the best player on the board, and they say, oh, we gotta have Dax Hill and you know mm-hmm. from Michigan. But this Brian Cook from uh, Cincinnati is an interesting guy, just because it's he's six one, he's two oh six, he's a transfer from Howard, and mm-hmm. I really really like him around the line of scrimmage. Okay, you signed a Malik Hooker who could play a little bit more with range and on the back end, so maybe you need and depending on what you do with Curse. I think is a is a is a, you know uh, something that we have to also consider here, but this guy's like a really really physical player, and you know you know if if you check his history too, he's had interceptions in the past, so you know the ball skills and stuff were there. He had a great one handed interception in the Indiana game I was watching, and another one against Alabama in the playoff game that I was watching. Mm-hmm. But he's kind of one of those guys that kind of floats in the secondary, and then and then like really, you know, his, what's his assignment? And then he just kind of goes for the ball, you know. But you see the awareness; he doesn't get fooled. He's used as a blitzer, you know. I mean, he's got a burst in the way he plays. I just kind of liked him as that, you know, that that maybe that day three guy that that has got some toughness to him, got some coverability to him, creates turnovers. Guy, you can keep on keep an eye uh, uh, on for that for sure. Kind of an aggressive player, yeah. Pairing with Hooker, you can maybe put him in a rotation with Curse yeah. as a developmental guy, not a plug and play sort of player uh-huh. prospect. I'm also reading here this was the first year that he logged more than 220 snaps. Period. Yeah. So playing time could certainly help him out in that regard as well. I like where your your head's well, at. Well, and I'll give you. Let me give you. I'm just kind of going through my list of yeah. guys in this in this round. If you're talking about one technique, guys, and and people have asked me a lot about uh, you know on Twitter is a John Ridgeway from Arkansas. Mm-hmm. And, I watched him. Yeah. Okay. 
go ahead if you want to. If you, you know, yeah, I have powerful, smart player, uses great technique and strength to win at the point of attack, run stuffer, he anchors the middle. Uh, not going to have that side-to-side yeah. that lateral movement uh-huh. as much as other top players in the draft or top interior defensive linemen, but if you want a run stuffer and you want a guy who's going to anchor the middle of your defensive line so your edge guys and your linebackers can run free, I think he's a guy you could pick up in the second and third round. Yeah, I have him more in the fourth myself. And, you okay. know, I, I, it, but I think to me, and he'll probably go earlier than that, but you know, here's a guy at 6'5", 321 pounds, and I mean – I think the initial quickness is there, and mm-hmm. then sometimes he gets stuck along the line of scrimmage, but he can take up the blockers like you're talking about. I don't think he's going to get a ton of sacks, but the best thing he does is he pushes the middle. You know, I mean, the, the strength, the power is super impressive with the way uh, this guy played. He was a transfer from Illinois State. And I could see him, like I said, this is my notes in the last thing. I could see this guy having a long career mm-hmm. playing that one technique or nose. That, you know, these guys are always, they kind of play eight, ten years just taking up blocks, not getting pushed off the ball, being strong. John Ridgeway, Arkansas, keep an eye on that one probably maybe as a day three guy that uh, that might do something. If the Cowboys, if in fact they're looking for, if they, if they don't get the opportunity uh, to draft uh, Matthias from Oklahoma mm-hmm. or, or, or excuse me, from Alabama, Travis Jones from uh, UConn, something like that. Now you're talking about the guys like Ridgeway, Farrell, another guy from LSU, uh, could be could definitely be in that mix. It, speaking of defensive line, and this name's just right in this conversation of the Jones and the Mathises. Uh-huh. It, Logan Hall out of Houston. Yeah, he's going to go a lot higher, but I totally get, I totally get what you're saying here. But I I don't know if we talked about him on this show specifically. What do you think about him? Because I've been getting yeah. a lot of questions about him oh, too. No. I like him a lot. Yeah. I think he's a great player. Yeah, this if if you remember how if you can envision David Irving, ooh, that's that's the body type, mm-hmm. and because you're looking at six six and two eighty three, maybe a little bit heavier than what than what David Irving was. But he's a three technique that people kind of feel like that he might be a defensive end. Could be an edge. Because yeah. I was thinking he was more like a five technique, which is in a three-four front plays head up on the tackle in that, you know, in that kind of thing. But I think he could play as a three. I think he could play as a five. He that he's got that kind of ability. I, I, I see like there, man, there's got like some serious power with this guy. And there's several times when you watch him walk those guards back into into the pocket and he runs really really well for his size he doesn't get stuck in place too often and he i've watched him control the gaps because of his size and his length he's able to kind of extend on guys now if you're interested in parham mm-hmm. the memphis yeah guard center for memphis Get a hold of the the Houston Memphis game, and you can watch those two go at it because it was a pretty good battle. Nice when those sides. So if you're looking for, uh, you know, if you're looking to try and sell Parham to somebody, mm-hmm. he did a pretty good job against Logan uh, Logan Hall. And Parham is at the time was a smaller guy who's kind of bulked up his, you know, bulked up a little bit. But it was a pretty good battle between those guys. I watched that game. I watched SMU. I watched Cincinnati. Yeah. And I'm right there with you. That five technique yeah. is is something that is really intriguing. Mm-hmm. Do you have him in the interior or would you rather I have him in the outside? I have him in the – I put him as – I left him at I left him at the three. Three technique. I left him at okay. the three. And just because I kind of feel like that, you know, him, I, you know, him Wyatt, Lyle, you know, Texas A&M, Georgia guys. I kind of got them in that mix. I, I had this as a second-round guy. I did too, early second. Yeah, and then, you know, in the third round, then, you know, Winfrey would be a guy. That's from uh, the Oklahoma uh, cat. That, sure. But, so, yeah, I mean, they're kind of all in that in that mix. It's a really good group, a good little pocket of those one and three technique guys. Any day three linebackers that you've had your eye on at all? Yeah, I mean, I, I watched – I watched Beavers, and I maybe Cincy. yeah maybe I'm a little a little bit uh, a little bit low on Beavers, but you know he he's a guy. I had him in the fourth round, mm-hmm. and he's probably going to go higher than that. But I just didn't. I mean, he's really kind of a, and was, there's this draft has a couple of these guys. He's throwback six four, two hundred thirty seven pound linebackers. That you know, but they, they're in this draft, and you know he has the size. You know, like I say, he has that size of a guy from another era of football. And 
But I do feel like he's got some range, and I do feel really he's really good when the ball goes right at him because he's got the size and the strength to take blockers on and make the play. He's a good tackler. He's not going to miss many of those that I saw. Uh, many of his coverage snaps aren't the types of plays where, you, where he drops and then he can handle. You know, I mean, he's just a kind of a basic cover guy. And so I'm I'm kind of a I'm kind of a fan of his. But I, I saw there were some things that the coverage wise bothered me a little bit. Mm-hmm. And it maybe, like I said, is uh, you know that would be something. How how many downs does this guy really really get to play? But if you watch him in the Notre Dame game and stuff like that, man, he created some turnovers. Yeah. And so you have to be you have to give him a, a tip of the cap for that. My favorite fun fact about Darian Beavers is the fact that he was a receiver and a safety in yeah. high school. You think about six foot four, no 230 question. pounds yeah. rolling down the sideline yeah. yep. at wide receiver, and then he he went to UConn initially. And, and then transferred from UConn to Cincinnati. And we make the joke about Georgia, how Georgia's going to have an entire right. roster drafted. Right. Cincinnati's got some defensive studs. And a couple offensive guys, for that matter, with a quarterback and Ritter and Alec Pierce, a wide receiver. They've got guys scattered all throughout this draft. Yeah, and if I can give you one other player, too. Yes, please. On this is, I, I like this Charlie Kohler higher. I mean, then, then, but I'm going to give you a name of a guy to keep an eye on. Jake mm-hmm. Ferguson from Wisconsin is a 6'5", 250-pound tight end. Mm-hmm. And this guy's got some really, really soft hands. I mean, he catches the ball super easily. He didn't fight it at all. He kind of frees himself downfield. Like he, his big move is arm over, and then like he, you get up on him, and he like arm overs, and then he gets into his route. So you'll see this like two or three times a game that he does that. But he'll line up at various spots. Kind of feel like his best work is when he can line up in the slot mm-hmm. as opposed to being in line. Uh, but he knows how to get open in the red zone, and his his height and his length give him a little bit of an advantage when he's in this area. And he's got some really kind of some nifty moves as well. So uh, finishing blocks, not the strongest suit of his. He had a block in the Penn State game where he came off the ball and really punished his guy, and that was kind of the first time I was like, whoa, I guess he's capable of doing that. But uh, there's times where he will catch the ball and go to the ground too. Maybe not a whole heck of a lot after the catch. But that red zone stuff – and the soft receiver-like hands uh, really kind of get me uh, get me going there. I like the idea of him being a blocker, too, because he's a solid blocker. Yeah. Um, and then he's probably a step down from the Weidermeyers and the McBrides, yeah. the Dolchich yeah. and the Ruckerts of the world. Yeah. Probably that second tier of tight end. Yeah, I think there's a group, and keep an eye on, there's a group like uh, Cole Turner is another guy out of uh, Nevada. Yeah. That I think I got this in this like fourth round group of tight ends, Cole Turner uh, from Nevada, Cole uh, Kohler from Iowa State, Ferguson uh, from Wisconsin, who I mentioned, and likely is in that group too. That's Coastal Carolina, right? Yes, that's where that guy's from. Uh-huh. So yeah, those are all kind of those guys in that fourth round. That you know, if the Cowboys, you know, if that's the route they want to go, if it's just kind of a one year deal for Dalton Schultz. I kind of feel like there's a good group of tight ends from rounds three and four that you can maybe uh, maybe uh, grab a guy from. And then we're, I'm going to end this segment. We've only got about a, a minute left. But where we started with the secondary, one more name out of the secondary that's like a late third round, fourth round guy, maybe even day three guy that you really like as maybe that backup plan if the Cowboys go I, I elsewhere. Love, I love Marcus Jones, the short, the short corner from – Houston. Okay. I mean, and I think that people will probably ding him for being, you know, for his uh, his lack of height. I think he's right at 5'8", is what he, yeah, 5'8", 174. This is guy, and I'm just going to, this, and I'll leave it with this. This is one of the most dynamic players I've, I've studied in the country this Ooh, year. I mean, well, he's he can play as a specialist and as a returner. He could be a nickel. He's fearless the way he plays with the ball in his hands, the change of direction, all that stuff. He'll come forward. He'll make plays. I said in my last line, don't sleep on this player due to his height. He is really a good player. I think you're spot on because he is short. He's 5'8". Oh, he's 5'8". Eight. He's 174. But... He's, not, he's not perfect for everybody. <laughs> but somebody is going to get – he started his, his career at, at Troy there in Alabama Ooh. and then transferred to Houston. But, man, this guy sees the entire field. And, and, and he has rare ability – as a returner. He really, I, really does. I had a note that you had mentioned him yeah. 
a, about a month ago. Keep an eye on him. And keep an eye on him. He's worked his way into oh, the top no, 100 in a couple he, of he's ways. Gonna, yeah, he's going to go a lot earlier than I have him. But nice. I, I just I, I think the players got some special traits to him. Don't let the lack of height fool you there. This yeah. guy's going to play in the league. Well, Brian, it was a lot of fun. It was fun. Thank hour. you, man. Appreciate yeah, you. Absolutely. We'll be back on Tuesday with Jeff Cavanaugh, David Hellman, and the entire group here from the Star in Frisco. Hope this made you feel a little bit better about what has been <laughs> a frustrating week for Cowboys fans, but that's okay. We're always looking forward to the future. For Chris Bean, Brian Brada, I'm Kyle Yeomans. We'll see you next time on the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!